He started to get worse, so I sent a video to my sister-in-law, who is a pediatric nurse practitioner, and she took one look at the video and said I needed to take him to the emergency room right away. That was Shanesty Ireland, blogger, RSV awareness advocate, and mother of three children. Also joining us today is Dr. Mitch Goldstein, a neonatologist in Loma Linda, California, and he is also the medical director of the National Coalition for Infant Health. We're excited to have both Dr. Goldstein and Shanesty as our guests on today's AFPA Patient Access Podcast, and I'm Susan Hepworth. Dr. Goldstein and Shanesty, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Shanesty, we're going to get started with you. Two years ago, your son Adam, an adorable little baby boy, started showing signs of what you thought was kind of the cold, the common cold, but it turns out it was much, much worse than that. So tell us about your experience. So Adam was born in November. He's the youngest of three children. My older two kids were entering the preschool world for the first time, so they were catching pretty much everything. Um, they started to fall really sick around Thanksgiving time when Adam was only a few weeks old. Um, I took them to the pediatrician's office multiple times. It was just a virus, just a virus, just a virus. And I think I was a little naive to Adam, um, just having, like you mentioned, just the common cold, but he started to get worse. I eventually took him to the pediatrician's office where he was swabbed and tested positive for RSV. Um, I had never heard of it before, but I was told to take him home and to watch him. Um, he started to get worse, so I sent a video to my sister-in-law, who is a pediatric nurse practitioner, and she took one look at the video and said I needed to take him to the emergency room right away. And Adam ended up having to be hospitalized for several days, so talk to us about that experience. Uh, it was it was terrifying. Um, I just did not understand how I went from a child that seemed to just have a really bad respiratory cold um, to being hooked up to the, all of these machines and the ventilator and having chest x-rays and doctors telling me all about this virus that I had never heard of before. I think I had um, a little bit of guilt because I felt like I was not properly educated. I just did not understand how we went from, oh, some sniffles, some coughing to he's very, very, very gravely ill. That sounds so scary. Dr. Goldstein, how common are stories like Shanesty's? Quite common, actually. We typically associate respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, with premature infants. But in fact, most full-term infants are likely to contract RSV at some point. So what happens then, Dr. Goldstein, to these, you know, these are like full-term, Adam was a very healthy baby, um, but they can still get RSV. So talk to us about what sort of complications they face, you know, in the immediate uh, term. And then what are some of the longer term impacts of RSV on these infants? Well, when babies get sick with RSV, some of them get really sick. And some of those symptoms may include coughing, wheezing, long-term asthma, bronchiolitis, or pneumonia. But certainly, again, things like what Shanesty is describing are things that represent a severe complication of RSV that babies are prone to. 
The inability to breathe may induce feeding problems, dehydration. These babies may be in distress or have lethargy. And as noted, it's one of those things where you really can't predict. A lot of these times when we look at these babies, they look the picture of health. But with RSV, everything changes. So it seems like it's it's quite common. You said that actually these, you know, you do hear stories like this quite often. Um, so in sort of the spirit of trying to understand and be able to educate parents about RSV, what are some of the risk factors that parents need to be looking out for so that they can differentiate between, oh, this is just a nasty cold or this is way more serious, this is RSV? One of the key concerns are those babies who are born premature. And these are not babies who are just extremely premature, the ones who have to stay in an NICU or in the hospital for a long time. But oftentimes, these are babies who are born a week or two or three weeks prematurely and who come home with mom and dad after what appears to be a normal hospital stay. Consistently, prematurity and young chronologic age are most clearly associated with the risk for more severe RSV infection. Sometimes it's kind of hard to tell the difference between a cold and what is RSV. And so our listeners know, we should also point out, you know, there's there's a pretty specific RSV season that occurs, and that's between about October or November, and it runs usually through um, March or April, so kind of a seasonal virus there. But Mitch, um, I'd be interested at some of the other risk factors. You know, I've heard things like crowded living conditions, uh, where folks live as far as um, pollutants that might be in their, their living situation. So can you enlighten us on what some of those other risk factors might be? You know, secondhand smoke perhaps might be another one. And these are all considerations to be concerned about. Where you have a lot of people living together and where you have a lot of potential for young children bringing home RSV from daycare or school, these are major concerns. In particular, if you have a house where you have a number of children who are attending daycare or school and there is RSV um, at that school or daycare, almost assuredly these children will bring it home. RSV is a very, very common uh, cold and in the context, most babies, most small children, and for that matter, most adults don't have significant problems. But when we see these risk factors in association with, again, smoking in the house, uh, polluted um, air, say near train tracks, or for that matter, in inner city, and certainly, again, in association with babies who are perhaps just a few months of age, this is when we typically get the worst kinds of infections. And as you mentioned, these are typically during the winter months when RSV is most prevalent. Um, agree with that. And Shanice, I think it's interesting that you didn't necessarily share a lot of those risk factors that we've just talked about, but still your healthy term infant um, unfortunately contracted RSV. Um, so Shanice, tell us, how is Adam doing today? Uh, Adam's great. He's two years old. He is the youngest of three, so he just follows right along with big brother and big sister. And um, as far as his health is concerned, he's wonderful. He he doesn't have any signs of asthma. Um, he doesn't have any long-term respiratory issues thus far. 
Um, the only thing I will say, and this may also have to do with his age, but when one of the older kids gets a cold, it's going to hit him as well. Um, and sometimes it does attack his lungs and he gets that really, really bad wheezing cough again. But other than that, um, he's wonderful. That's great to hear. So Shanesty, I want to ask you, what do you wish that you had known about RSV a few years ago? Oh gosh. I mean, I wish I would have known what it was. I wish I would have known that even though my child was born full term, he was nine pounds, eight ounces, um, that he was still at risk because of older brother and sister. I wish I would have known how dangerous it was due to his age. When he had it, he was only six weeks old. Um, But I think more than anything, you know, the first thing I said was just being educated on it. I had never, ever heard of RSV before. And many of my friends, many of my family members, that was the first question they asked me. What is RSV? I've never heard of this before. Um, So I just wish that there would have been, I would have been more educated on it. Um, two years ago before we ended up in the hospital. Yeah. And you know, Shanesty, you're not alone there. We talked to so many families, so many parents who have had um, children who get RSV and they, they all generally kind of say the same thing. They had no idea about it, whether they were very educated, um, uh, you know, not quite as much education. It seems to pretty much be across the board that there is definitely a lack of awareness about RSV. So Dr. Goldstein, I want to kick it back to you. Um, you're a clinician. From your perspective, what what can we do to educate the public um, about the danger of RSV and about some of the signs to look for? Well, as noted, it's very important to educate parents and as well providers who take care of these children who are most at risk. But again, as we've discussed, not every child has all the risk factors and some may have no risk factors. A recent survey showed that more than 75% of specialty healthcare providers say RSV is the most dangerous illness for children less than four years of age. Yet only 22% of parents feel well prepared to prevent their child from getting RSV. Hmm, Quite a disparity there between the clinician perspective and the, the parent perspective. That's very interesting, Mitch. Um, Shanesty, so you have written about Adam's story on your blog and you've been very active on social media as a way to try to educate and inform other parents about RSV. So I'm just curious, what do you hear from your blog readers, those who go to your website? What are they saying about RSV? A lot of people, especially the parents that have been there, done that, um, they're thanking me for just speaking out about it and trying to educate people as much as possible. Um, it's it's crazy. Anytime one of my articles is published, the comment section is just filled. It's just flooded with these pictures of these babies hooked up to the same machines Adam was hooked up to, talking about their child's um, diagnosed with its RSV and how many of them have long-term effects with um, respiratory issues. So that's a lot of it. And then there's this huge chunk of parents that are saying, I've never heard of this before. I have five children or, you know, I am, I have one child. Um, I've never heard of this before. And then there's also a lot of moms-to-be that are reaching out and saying, thank you for 
you know, spreading the word about this because it's something that they need to be made aware of as well. Parents that are going to be giving birth to children, especially during RSV season as the months that you mentioned earlier, Susan. I agree with that. And I would just remind all of our listeners that, you know, as you're listening to this podcast, please share this far and wide with everybody that you know we're doing this because we want to bring awareness to what is RSV. We want parents to know um, some of the warning signs. We want to give them tips to try to help prevent RSV. Um, And so we would encourage everybody to go and share this podcast. So I'm thanking each of you for um, sharing your valuable perspective today, but we want to end with a little bit of a lightning round on this podcast. So I'm going to basically give each of you 20 seconds, you know, one sentence to answer each of the following questions. So Shanesty, I'm going to start with you really quick. What is the last book you read? Um, The last book I read was Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. All right. Um, If there was one thing you wish every parent could know about RSV, only one thing, what would it be? That it could happen to anyone. That it could happen to anyone. I like that. Now, uh, this is fun. And you used to be a news anchor, so this is kind of up your alley. (laughs) If you were going to compete on Dancing with the Stars or American Idol, which would it be? Well, I can't dance or sing, but if I had to choose, I would say American Idol. Oh, okay. Very good. Just uh, two more questions. When you talk about RSV with parents, what are they most surprised to learn? Just how common it is, uh, how common of a virus it is that they're just not fully educated on. Okay. And last, Coke or Pepsi? Or neither? Uh, (laughs) I know. I was going to say neither, but if I have to choose, probably Coke. Okay. And Mitch, lightning round for you. What is the last book you read? When Breath Becomes Air, Paul Kalanathi. I have heard that that one is very, very good, and that's on my list. Um, If there was one thing you wish every parent could know about RSV, what would that be? Well, this one is the one that's easy to remember. RSV is also a really serious virus, as in RSV, and it should be treated as such. Very good. If you were going to compete on Dancing with the Stars or American Idol, which would it be? I would probably embarrass myself least on American Idol. Okay. Mitch is a singer. Who knew? When you talk about RSV with your parents in your NICU, what are they most surprised to learn? I think what they're surprised about is that there's this disease, this thing, this really serious virus that nobody really talks about. And they think that when they leave the NICU, that everything's going to be just fine and that they don't have to worry about things like this anymore. Oftentimes, it's a very cruel surprise. And last but not least, are you Coke or are you Pepsi? I'm going to go with Pepsi. Okay, we have a Pepsi. Well, Dr. Goldstein and Shana Stee, it's been a pleasure to have you both on our AFPA Patient Access Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Susan. 